Thank you, Lord Jesus. While you're on your feet, why don't we just take 10 seconds and give Jesus a shout of praise in the house. He's awesome. We serve a good God. We serve a mighty God. Man, you all look far too good to be in church. You look fantastic. Give your neighbour a high five. Tell them you love them. Even if you're lying through your teeth. Really is such a joy to be here and to be with you this morning. And I'm believing God. You know, I don't think I've ever preached in Mount Barker on a Sunday morning. It's it's beautiful up here. It's beautiful. I, I heard. I wore my jacket and I didn't need it. The sun was out. The birds were singing. The air's just a little better up here than Modbury. I'm just in good old middle class Modbury, but I'm here with Adelaide's elite this morning. It's a, it's a joy to be here and. Ah, just getting to see everybody, Reverend Dr. Dino Keith. You're one of the best people I know. I just so 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 appreciate everything you're doing across the state and raising up a next generation of Pentecostals. Dean is so Pentecostal that when he and his wife have a fight, it's in tongues. And uh, and uh, Haley, you are just an awesome worship leader. Oh, you just. You know, my, I, I, it doesn't take much to bless me, but I, I just am so grateful there's worship leaders around the state that still sing in tongues and bring the Holy Ghost, and, and uh, you are just such a blessing. Your husband's okay as well, and, uh, he is, <laughs> and uh, Pastor Gary, Pastor Jane, so, so honoured to be here this morning, and, and it's a privilege to be in the house, and Pastor Keith and Wendy, they're like, they're the OGs. Do you know what OGs are? The original gangsters. That, that is, they, they, they have uh, been building the church in all shapes and sizes right across the state for so long. They were pastoring what was Ridgehaven AOG or Hillside. Hillside. And uh, Hillside, something community, Hillside AOG. And uh, AOG, for those that don't know what that stands for, Australian Oil and Gas. And... <laughs> They were the pastors there and, and uh, they'd really nursed a pretty damaged church and, and uh, they, were, they were looking for transition, looking for pastors and, and Donna and I came along. We were pastoring a little church out in Plimpton and we brought our church across town and, and the rest has been history and so we're just so grateful to see what God's doing in our state and I, I believe that the best days uh, for the body of Christ are ahead of us. We've had a few changes in government. We had, last night was a big one, but can I say, just we can't forget that he raises up kings, the Bible says, the government's upon his shoulders, and, and I'm, I'm believing that God... By the way, can I just say something? I love this church. I've been here twice already, and, and you guys are a chirpy, noisy church. And, and can I, so is Modbury, but it's not common. Not every church is chirpy. Some, they... They look at you for half an hour. By the time your message is decent, that's when they say amen and the keyboard player's already up and it's all over. But, but I'm just so, so thrilled to be here. And, and again, I know there's a journey happening and, and, uh, and I, I, really do, I really do appreciate the consideration given by the members for, for a future that might look different to how we all imagine. But I, I do believe that. Well, when, we, when we actually joined up with the Feebigs years ago, Pastor Wendy... Uh, it was, I don't even know if it, I think it was the Holy Ghost, but it was, certainly didn't seem at the time like she was prophesying. It just sort of 
came, came out of, uh, I think, out of her spirit. But she, she said she felt like we were stronger together when we pulled our little church. Their church had, had resource and stability, uh, but the youth had been really destroyed in that church because of, in many ways, because of sin and, and, and challenges that had happened before they got there, by the way. It wasn't their sin. Their sins were very different. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> no, but they, they, they nursed it. But our church, we had youthfulness, we had people, we had, we had, we had were vibrant, but we didn't have stability. We were just a fledging little church. And together, you know, the church uh, really exploded. The Bible tells us that one can set a thousand to flight to 10,000. And, and I just feel like, I don't feel like this is not going to be a takeover. We're coming together under a whole new name. And uh, it's, a new, it's a new season for both locations. And I, I believe that uh, we're living in urgent hours. I'll, I'll preach in just a minute. I hope you don't mind me just... To, but the trump of God could sound at any time. And, and the rapture of the church is imminent. And Jesus is coming back. And I don't believe he's coming back for a church less powerful than the one that he left. Uh, I believe the one he's coming back for is going to be alive with the fire of God. And, and, and so I, I just want to encourage us uh, as the household of faith uh, in this next season to be prepared. It's a little bit unknown. It's unknown for Donna and I. It's unknown for the leeches. It's unknown for the for all of us. But I'm just believing that God is going to do a good thing and that we're going to see Adelaide and the surrounding towns and regions wonder Christ uh, in greater measure. And I, I just pray that as, as, we, as we come together, God would raise up something so rich and so real. But can I say, this church is, this is not a, uh, one church bailing out another church. This church is strong here. And, and what you have here is alive and real and mature. And, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strong, amazing church in our city. And, uh, and I thank God for what he's done thus far. And I'm believing together we can just see God do something greater than our natural minds can conceive. And so please be prayerful. And, and, and I'm, I'm believing that God's going to do something this morning. I feel like I, I feel like I, I have a word for us as a church, and and uh, it's going to be a bit of an old school Pentecostal word this morning. But it's a, it's not just a word for the church. I, I believe this is a word for each of us as individuals. And if you have a Bible, let's, I'm going to bounce through the word this morning. So we'll be in a few scriptures. Can I just introduce one or two people? One will get embarrassed, but my boy James is there, and he's right there at the front. <laughs> And uh, he is my eight-year-old, and I'm so proud of him. And uh, he, he came up this morning, and uh, but okay, I won't say any more. Okay, all right, I'll move on. But but that's my son James, and 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 I've got another son Sam. But we try to leave him at home. He's a bit crazy, isn't he, James? No, <laughs> no, no. He's he's at church with his mum this morning down in Modbury, and and uh, sitting next to James is is Paul Vinton. And I just want to say, Paul is an elder and a board member in our church in Modbury. Uh, he is a, he's actually local, he lives up here in Stirling, and, uh, but he has been a, a rock to our church, but also uh, to our family for more than 35 years. Some of you might know my dad, do you know Tim Hall? Is anyone? So my dad launched his ministry back in 1985, and Paul was just maybe, maybe 20 at the time, incorporated the ministry for him, set it all up, and and that ministry has gone on to win over 2 million people to Jesus. And, and so Paul's been somebody that has uh, been a massive support to my father's ministry, but also 
over the last 10 years to our church. He's a businessman. He and his wife, his wife's prophetic and has, has a, a powerful prayer anointing on her life. And, and so they, they mean the world to us. So I just wanted you to know them as well. And, and, uh, and so they're a great blessing to us. Are you ready for the word? John chapter 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 8. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've taken a little while to get in the word. What time do you finish around here? Whenever, so 2 o'clock still okay. There's, I've got, got a few things I want to get off my chest this morning. John chapter 8, you'll know the passage, verse 32. The Bible says this, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I'll give you another scripture here as well. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. The writer says, My people perish, how? Due to lack of knowledge. So the Bible says you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And then the Bible also tells us that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. It's not simply hearing the truth that brings freedom into our lives. It's actually hearing it and, it, and the power is in the knowing. It's, it's in the knowing of truth that brings freedom into, into our lives. Sometimes we think ignorance is bliss. Ignorance when it comes to the things of the Word of God is actually a, a, a terrible situation. The things we don't know can harm us. And a lot of Christians, we have our ticket to heaven, but there are earthly, sorry, there's biblical principles of kingdom living, of faith and of victory that when we know them, when we know them with our spirit man, when we know them in the arena of faith, we can live in super, uh, supernatural blessings, supernatural power, supernatural authority. I'll say this, I'll get further into my, my message in a moment, but when America was, uh, when people were in slavery in the United States of America, Abraham Lincoln declared that, slavery, that the slaves were free, which is an incredibly amazing uh, declaration. And it was called the Emancipation Proclamation. So he declared that all slaves were free and, and they could go about life as, as they should, you know. And, and, and so he makes that declaration. But <laughs> what happened was, the slave masters in many scenarios didn't pass that information to those that were in slavery. And as a result, they just stayed in their slavery, not because they weren't free, but no one had told them. And we, as, as, as the church, it's our job to let this community know uh, that the, the price has been paid for sin on Calvary by the blood of Jesus, but you know, also to let the church know, the people of God, you and I, that we can live in total victory in our lives. And and, and I, I've been around Christians for a long time. I've been in the ministry 19 years. I grew up around church and you can see Christians that live from challenge to challenge to challenge and not step into breakthrough because they don't know the fullness of who they are in Christ what they have in Christ. And, and, and so I, I want to say this to us today that uh, there, are, there are things that we have authority over. And really that's what I want to speak into, super spiritual authority this morning. Because there are things that we have authority over 
as a child of God and as the people of God, but we don't know that we have authority over those things. We don't know that we have authority over sickness. Uh, we have authority over disease. We have authority over, uh, over demonic opposition. We have authority over the things that come against us. And what the enemy uh, wants us to to, to think is that we are saved, we're on our way to heaven, great, we've got our ticket to glory, but he, he doesn't want us to know that we have authority on this earth. And you and I have spiritual authority. And, and when we know we have authority, it changes the way we pray. It changes the way we speak the word of God. It changes the way that we confess the promises of God and hold on to his word. You have authority. The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 28, and verse 18, it says, All authority has been given in my name. Go ye there for how much authority? How much authority? All authority has been given in my name. And then Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, Jesus says, Thus behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. He says, I'll give you Authority, that's delegated, that's exousia, delegated authority, much like a police officer. In, in and of themselves, they're just, they're, they're just normal people like you and I, but they have a badge that says they're, at, they're supported by the full legal system of this state, the government of the state, and they've got the full power of the state behind them, not because of their stature, but because of the authority that's been given to them. And so you've been given all authority. We've been given a badge. It's called the name of Jesus. So when we pray, oh, we pray in that name, Pastor Dean, and supernatural things happen. I nearly, there we go, I fell. But it wasn't a far fall. We're going to be okay. My father fell off a stage about this high. Uh, he walked off. There were stairs on the front, but they weren't on the side. And he thought he'd step down on the side stairs. He went to ground quite quickly. But anyway, that's not the point. He's alive. It's okay. Uh, all authority has been given. But we have to know that we have authority to operate in that authority. And so this morning, there's power in knowing that you and I have authority. So we've got delegated authority. He says, I'll give you authority to trample serpents and scorpions. And, and, and he says, and over the power of the enemy, he gives us authority. And then in other scriptures, we read Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you'll receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. We have authority. Not only do we have authority, we have power. That's a good thing to know as a child of God, in a world that's losing its mind a little bit, it's good to know that we have authority. Mark 16 tells us, in my name, you'll cast out demons. That's authority over the enemy. That's authority over sickness and disease, authority over poverty and lack, authority over sin and bondage. We get buffeted around by stuff, but we have authority, supernatural authority. When the enemy comes against us, we have authority. When demon powers come against us, we have authority. C.S. Lewis, he puts it, and I, I, I can't quote the quote, but I can give you the gist. Uh, he, he basically says Christians make a mistake on both ends of the spectrum when it comes to demonic things. They, they underemphasize the demonic and act like there's nothing there. And so the enemy can operate just in the shadows, or they take it too far and overemphasize everything to do with the demonic. And so then Christians get mystical and weird. And so we've got to live in the balance that not, not everything's a demon, but, but, but some things are. And, and, and some attacks that come against our households 
are just good old-fashioned, not good old-fashioned, but just old-fashioned demonic opposition that you and I, as the children of God, have authority to overcome. And so when the enemy comes against you, we've still got the blood of Jesus. We've still got the power of the Holy Ghost. We've still got the Word of God. And that power works. You have authority. Somebody say, I have authority. There's too many Christians walk around like the pinup. They look like the pinup boy for the book of Lamentations. You know, they're miserable. Can I say we've got to square our shoulders in 2022? Understand who we are, whose we are. I mean, I'm not, I'm not just saved. I'm born again. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Greater is He. Oh, man, that's good news on a Sunday morning. And so you and I, we've got to understand that we have authority. But not only do we have authority, we've got power to exercise that authority. We've got weapons. You and I have weapons. Can, can I give you an old scripture? This is just, this is what I felt God speak to me to share this morning. This is just old school meat and three veg preaching this morning. But you've got to have your veggies. You've got to have them. So we're going to get in the, in the word, but let's open this up for a minute. Uh, firstly, Matthew 16 tells us that what we bind on earth, we bound in heaven. What we loose on earth, will be loose in heaven. So if it's a yes in heaven, it's a yes on earth. Well, what's a yes? Let's give some... Yes, it's in heaven. Uh, no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. And so if that's, the, if that's the culture of heaven, the Bible says your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, 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 so what God permits in, in the heavenly realm, we're seated with him in heavenly places. So we, 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 don't, we, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. We're in this system, but we're not of this system. And, and, and so you and I can operate in what is a yes in heaven. And I believe the blessing of God, the favor of God, the anointing of God, all those wonderful things, they're a yes in heaven. And, and there's some things that are a no in heaven. So the, 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 the plans and the schemes of the enemy, they're, they're, they're in, if, if it's a no in heaven, we can walk in that no right here. We just have to know. K-N-O, there's a lot of no's. Now I'm getting confused with my own preaching. But, but whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And, and we operate in that authority to unlock the culture of heaven on earth and he's given us not only authority, but he's even give us, he's given us power and he's given us weapons. Yeah. And I don't want to, we're not getting violent this morning, only against the powers of darkness. But the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. You know, every, all these scriptures remind me of songs, by the way. And uh, the Bible says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through the Holy Ghost. They're not carnal. And so what are some of these weapons that we have? We have authority, we have power, and we have weapons at our disposal. What are some of those weapons? Before I open them up, I'll tell you, firstly, they're not physical weapons. They're not carnal. They're not natural, human strength. They are supernatural. They are mighty. We have supernatural, unseen weapons. I mean, one of them is seen, and we'll talk about that. But but they're, they're, they're unseen. They they They... they operate in the unseen dimension and these are our weapons that God's given us to pull down strongholds by the way you know when Jericho came down archaeologists say it's like a massive fist came and pushed those walls straight into the city of Jericho 
I mean, it's like eight, seven times. He just, that's how, that's how strongholds are pulled down. They're driven down by the fists of heaven, by the power of Almighty God. And he says, for the weapons, they're not carnal, but they are, they are mighty. Mighty. That word mighty, dynatos. It's a, 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 the word's a cousin of the word dunamis. There's supernatural power in these weapons. And he, say, he says, and they, they are mighty to the pulling down, to the pushing down, the demolition of strongholds. So we have weapons. So what are our weapons? We'll go through these. We'll get through as many as we can. I've got eight, but I, I don't know if we'll get to eight, but we'll have a go. Our weapons, our weapons, kingdom weapons of mass destruction to the gates of hell. And, and uh, number one, our first weapon is the word of God. But it's a, it's a funny weapon because this weapon really works best when we know it. You can't quote scripture you don't know. <laughs> you, you can't confess scripture you don't know. But all through the Word of God, this, this book, this, I think it's nearly 600,000 words in this book that are spirit in their life. So often we sit, oh God, I need a word. Lord, give me a word. Can I say, there's not a time that I've ever opened this up where I don't get a word from God. Yes, I love a prophetic word, but these words, the Bible says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. In Luke chapter 4, uh, the Bible tells us that uh, Jesus was tempted by the devil. And when the devil said, if you are the son of God, it just challenges that authority. Then you'll do the, you, 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 you get a fleet of angels, they'll rescue you too. Turn that stone into bread. He's trying to tempt the devil to step into the supernatural for his own benefit, which would have meant he wasn't operating in the perfect will of the father. And so all he was trying to do was manipulate Jesus by coming against his authority and getting him to do something that in and of itself isn't, Actually, that's sinful. But to use what God had trusted him with to deliver mankind for himself would have been a misuse of the anointing that was on Jesus. And so, and so Jesus, he didn't, he, he didn't buckle. And I love it. Jesus, he, he, he's been without food for, for 40 days. So he's not only, he's, he's not only being tempted, but, he, but that's, a, that's a pretty vulnerable place to be. And the Bible tells us that Jesus looks at the devil, or addresses the devil, and he says, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I love the fact that Jesus, he, he, he destroyed the enemy's plans. Why, how? By speaking the word of God. And the word of God in our mouth is a powerful, is a powerful force. And, and I want to encourage us in, in 2022, when the, when the world's getting crazy, it seems harder to be a Christian now than, than it's ever been. What do we do? How do we, how do we function as a household of faith? We've got to have the word in us, near us. The word of God, that word of faith which we preach, we proclaim, we speak. There's power in the word of God. And I know, I know it's old school. The Bible tells us the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God lasts forever. And I, I, I believe in God in Modbury will be an even greater word church, that that word of God will be in our people. I want the word of God in my family. I want the word of God in my kids. I want the word of God speaking to their spirits so that no, because there are times where I face a challenge. You know, sometimes this brain might forget some of the things that I've read in the word over the years. But my spirit doesn't. And it's amazing how the Holy Ghost can bring something to our memory, to our mind 
And you think, man, I, don't, I didn't remember when I got that in my... But, but, but thank God that maybe my mind can't store everything, but my spirit, it just files those, those words away for when a challenge comes up, man, something just drops in my heart. And I can speak the word of God. Do you believe that this morning? If you do, can you say amen today? Number number two. We have the word. We're going to go old school this morning. Is that okay? Number two, the blood of Jesus. We have the word of God and we have the, the blood of Jesus. The Bible tells us, and you know this scripture, Revelation chapter 12 and, and the 11th verse, and they overcame him, that's the devil, so we have authority over the enemy. How? By the blood of the Lamb. And we'll open it up a bit further in a minute. And the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives to death. If the blood of the Lamb, of a Lamb, could save an Israelite's house in Egypt, imagine what the blood of Jesus can do. A Lamb for a house. And then the priest, there'd be a Lamb for a nation. But this was a Lamb for all of mankind. No, the blood of bulls, bulls and goats could do so much. But the blood of Jesus, the spotless lamb, the innocent, spotless blood of Jesus. Can I tell you, the blood of Jesus is as powerful today as it was the day it was shed 2,000 years ago. There's power in the blood. I remember, God, can, do, do we believe that this morning? Why don't we just clap our hands and thank God for it? Oh, hallelujah, the blood of Jesus. I love the words Andre Crouch penned when he wrote the song, it reaches to the highest mountain, it flows to the lowest valley, it's the blood, it gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. Oh, the blood of Jesus. We apply the blood to the doorposts of our hearts. So when death passes over, it doesn't take us out. Why? Because we're protected. We're covered. By the, when I stand before God, and uh, I, don't know, I don't know exactly how, I don't think he's going to ask. He's all knowing. Uh, but when I get there, if he was to ask, he would not, uh, my, my, my grounds for coming into heaven, he wouldn't ask me what denomination I was in, he'd know that I was in the right denomination, but he, he wouldn't ask that question. He wouldn't, he wouldn't ask me whose sermons I listened to. He's not going to ask whether I was Baptist or Methodist or Salvation Army or AOG or ACC or CRC or COC or whether I'd been at the TAB. They're not the questions. He's going to ask one question. If he was going to ask, are you washed in the blood of my son? And if the answer is yes, it's come on in and we'll be with him for all eternity when we've been there 10,000 years. Oh, thank God for the blood of Jesus. I know I'm a little bit pumped this morning. It's the lack of oxygen in the altitude. I think it's affecting me. The blood of Jesus. Number three, he says in the same scripture, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their Oh, I love that. You know why I love that? Because, well, first, I didn't really love that. Because I think of, I've got friends. And I've heard preachers, they have like the most epic testimony. I know one guy, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I think of the guy, Ian McCormick, stung by like five box jellyfish, was dead for like a couple of hours, went to hell and heaven, and then woke up and, in the hospital, raised from the dead, healed, raised from the dead. I mean, that's a pretty decent testimony. I mean, that, that's a good one. Uh, I know other people, I know one guy who was a, uh, the leader of a hate group in America. 
a, a, a racist hate group and got totally born again by the power of God and, 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 and the very pastor that he would persecute who ran an African-American church, that pastor and him went and preached all over America together and, wow. and he, he became a preacher of reconciliation and healing. And, right. and so I, I say all those things. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty good testimony. I, 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 think of, I, I think of guys that were in the underworld and famous guys in America, famous enough that I can't remember their name. Uh, but household name really, just not my household. But, but, but guys that would travel around and preach and, and they were literally in the underworld, in, 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 in crime, in the mafia in America. And, and, and they got saved. I think of the cross on the switchblade and Nicky Cruz getting saved when David Wilkerson comes into New York. And I mean, they're great testimonies. And then I think of mine. I was six. <laughs> And Andrew Evans is preaching at Paradise and says, if you hate your sister, you're a murderer. And I thought, well, I don't really like her. And he says, well, you need to get saved. And so I got saved. That was it. I mean, what a, what a pathetic testimony. I mean, compared, compared to mine was hopeless. Pastor Keith, before, before he got saved in prison, he, he was a drug peddler and... and Pastor Wendy, she robbed several Commonwealth banks. They, they, but gee, no, can, can, I, can I say, and I used to think my testimony stinks. You overcome by the word of your testimony. I was a kid, I got saved. You know what I felt the Lord say to me? He said, you were going to the same hell they were. You were, you were as lost as they were. But by my grace, I found you even as a kid. And, and, and my testimony might not be as sensational, but it still is supernatural. Your testimony, it may not be a sensation, but can I say this? I felt the Lord say, you might think your testimony is not that great. Don't just have a testimony. Make sure you keep your testimony. So in, the, in, in, in your family, in your, in your world, make sure that you represent Jesus. Well, keep your testimony. I think it's so important. There's, some people say there's five gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you. And you're the, you're, you're the one most people will read. And so we've got to keep our testimony. We've got, we got to understand that people might not walk into infused, but when you walk around Mount Barker, you're infused, church. I, lo I love hearing that report today of 42 families being impacted. They're not in the service today, but they're being impacted by the life of this church. I pray that every bite they take of the food that they have, Lord, let the anointing be on them. They start eating that, one of those ice vovos, and they start eating in tongues. You never know, what's going on here? Jesus, help me. <laughs> Oh, glory to God. So, I, man, I'm pumped. I think I'm just happy to have a week off from my church. They're pretty grueling down there. <laughs> Judgmental. No, no, no. They're, they're okay. They're awesome. Number, you know, when you testify, I won't, I, won't, I won't keep on this point, but I find when I talk about, and I'm not just talking about my salvation testimony, I talk about encounters with God when I've had them. When I really talk about an encounter with God, I find that the anointing, and whether you share your story of how you got saved, it's almost like the anointing from that moment comes into this present moment. Oh, we got a guy in our church, Joel Pittman. He, he runs our worship team. He's been with us for years. And, and uh, you know, I, I'd never seen him under the power on the floor. Everyone else, he, that, that all fall. He, he was just our good Baptist. He just would not fall. And... Uh, <laughs> But then I remember one night we had a guest speaker, Pastor Rick Shelton's preaching at our church. And Pastor Rick just uses him for an illustration. You guys were probably there that night. 
And, uh, and he just starts talking about how God would rub the oil. And so he just starts putting his hand on Joel's, Joel's chest and doing an illustration. It's in front of the church, Easter Sunday night, 2018. And I remember Joel, I'm sitting next to Donna and I can just see Joel, his eyes kind of... <laughs> I leaned over to Donna and I said, he's getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. I, I think God's touching him. And the next minute, Joel's doing a... He's meant to just be a sermon illustration. The next minute, Joel is hits the ground. No catcher, nothing. There was no music, no catcher, no modesty cloth. The conditions were not right for what took place. <laughs> he falls under the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know, to this day, Joel can't talk about what happened that night because the anointing comes on him. He tried to share. Now, Joel's not a kook. If you met Joel, he's about the only normal person in our church down there, <laughs> other than Paul and myself. There's, there's only three of us. And the power of God... He was sharing this story at a young adults retreat a couple of years ago, and in the middle of worship, he tried, he's got his guitar. I'm not just doing that for no reason. Uh, I don't just play air guitar in the middle of a suit. He's playing his guitar, and he tried to tell the young people what God had done. The power of God hit him. The same anointing from then got on him again. I can tell you, if I start talking about moments where Jesus visited me, oh, if I start talking about it, I feel the same anointing from that moment. What's your name? Josiah, the hand of God's on you, and God's called you, and God's anointed you. And I just, look at look at me for one second. I know I'm freaking you out, but 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 can, can I tell you if you if you would if you would say, Lord, over the next three months, whatever you want me to do, I will do. And you give yourself fully to Him. God will give you every dream that's in your heart. The hand of God's upon you. God's anointing's upon you. God's grace is upon you. And there are things that God's going to do in you and through you so much greater than you can even believe. If you dare to believe God and hold on to Him, I'm t- how old are you? I was 14 when God visited me in February of 95. I was actually 13 and a half. And God changed my world. I'm telling you, over the next three months, if you will allow God to take full ownership of your life and make room for Him, every dream in your heart will come to pass. But not just come to pass, but over and abundant, over and abundant in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Oh, man. We're just warming up. Something, boom. I just wanted to beat up a doctor this morning. <laughs> I think about when I got filled with the Holy Ghost at a Rodney Howard Brown meeting in February of 95. I start talking about that. I can feel that same anointing. That's the power of our testimony. Some of us, how do we share the gospel? Just tell someone what Jesus did and just trust that that anointing will turn up. That overcoming supernatural power. <laughs> Of Almighty God, hallelujah. Can you say amen this morning? Here we go, I'll keep moving. I'm moving quick. The two of you taking notes look very fatigued. Number four, here's a weapon that we have. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. What does the book of Jude say in verse 20? Build yourself up in your most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up. Tongues, praying in the Spirit. It's a weapon. When I face challenges, I start praying in tongues. I don't even know what I'm praying. But sometimes it's a good thing because my, 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 my own prayers, I thank God that he hasn't answered all of my English prayers. I feel like he's answered all of my praying in tongues, but some of my English prayers, they weren't great. <laughs> Lord, you need to sort out that person. 
Sort them out, sort them out, sort them out, sort them out. And the person he needed to sort out was not that person. It was yours truly. He's just enduring all of that until I start praying in the Spirit. And suddenly my will submits to his will and I start to pray the perfect will of God. I'm not saying English prayers don't work, but I'm just saying, you know, you know what I'm saying. Just go easy. I pray in the Spirit. What happens? I've got my iPhone here. Let me just have a look here. I'm, oh, I'm on 100% because I had it plugged in all the way up. But when that thing gets to about 19, I start to panic. I walk around a stranger. has got some charge. You know when you go to Rundle Mall and someone asks you for a cigarette? Well, not me, but a lot of you. Uh, you got a smoke? No. Do you have a light? No. Do you have some charge? That's me. Do you got, do you got some charge? I need some charge. I think as Christians, so many of us are living on 19%. We need to get, that's why we pray in tongues. Charges ourselves up. <laughs> we speak mysteries to God. We have end-to-end encryption. No one can hack. I pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't always know what I'm praying, but it's the perfect will of God. Sometimes I feel like I can sense what God's speaking and saying. That's why in our church in Modbury, I keep it simple. I just want to raise up people that know the Holy Ghost, pray in tongues. If, we, if, if every Christian would just do what I'm preaching this morning, myself included, I don't do them all. I try. I'm usually running out of the eight points. I'm usually about a five and a half on most months because we're, we're all human. We all mess up. But you know, if we could live in this stuff, we'd live in total victory. Everything I'm preaching, this, this stuff works. This, this stuff, it, it, it'll work. It, it, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to move quick, so I'll just give the points and then... You can fill in the blanks with your own ideas. Number, number five, here's another weapon that we have, giving and generosity. You know, when I tithe, and I'm not here to raise funds or anything like that, you're like, the first Sunday, and he's already preaching on tithing. <coughs> hey, you've got to get in quick. <laughs> I, I give. Why? Because the Bible says that when I give, he rebukes the devourer for my sake. There's actually warfare in my, in my giving. I give in faith, believe in God. I've given and I've seen breakthrough come with my giving and I've seen God do supernatural things. I, I was with a preacher in America, a very well-known preacher, and uh, he was holding these meetings in Madison Square Garden for six weeks. And each, like, people don't realise, you hire a venue like the Adelaide Entertainment Centre, you're paying a bill of 75000 for the building. That's it, that's for the building. Then you're paying a bill for the workers. And this is Adelaide, the workers. So when there's a Youth Alive rally and we support those things and we're actually supporting something just to have the event, just to have the building, you get production in. None of this stuff's cheap. We take for granted we have this every week, but you start hiring some of this stuff, you're, you're, you're basically $150,000, $200,000 just to hire a venue. He hired Madison Square Garden, this preacher, for six weeks. They had 49,000 decisions. And my dad was part of that. And so we went over and, and, and went to these meetings. This is 20 years ago plus. And the pastor literally was believing God every day for the finances to come in. And I remember we were in the car with him and he grabbed my dad's hand and he says, I need, I need half a million dollars by lunchtime. Like, these people are operating in a whole different realm of faith. I'm like, I just, I, would, can, I didn't believe him for a subway. Uh, <laughs> foot long, foot long, big faith. And he grabs my dad's hand and he prays like this. He goes, Father, I'm a giver. Lord, I, I command ravens to bring provision. He says, praying like this. And, and, and then he says, amen, let's go eat. I'm like, but the circumstances haven't changed. How do we eat? And, he, and, and, and I think our, our body language was like, 
And he goes, no, it's done. We pray. So we go to lunch. We're eating. The phone rings. And in America, they check their peer boxes in some places in the morning and then the afternoon check. They do they go twice. So they go in the afternoon. Somebody's written a check. And, and it's funding this meeting. I, I don't even know how people live like that. But I remember when our church at, at, at Plimpton had nothing. We had nothing. I remember we, I've said it here before, but we'd shake the printer cartridge just to have enough money to, to, get, to get by. Now we give to annual leader missions almost what we're making in those days as a church. And why is that? Because this weapon of generosity has unlocked something of the goodness of God. And, and he, 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 I'll give you another one. Number six, the weapon of rest. This one's good in theory. I'm not good at this. I need to get better at this. But the weapon of rest. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait upon the Lord, what shall renew their strength? They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. Maybe if, if Brother Dean, when I get, when I get, we're nearly done. Maybe at point number seven, do you think you could join and play some, some ending the service music? That's the music we play to give everyone hope that there's an end to this. <laughs> That's all it's for. He, 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 he says, they that wait upon the Lord. That, wait, that, that word wait means to entwine. When I entwine myself with the Lord, he renews. And that word renews is an exchange. He says, when you entwine yourself in him, you swap your strength for his strength. I, I do, 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 do. It's amazing how I preach this. And, and, and I, I know it, but this, it's a hard thing to do sometimes. I still want to do it. But rest is so important. Some of us have been living in such a hurry. Just go, go, go. I remember go, I was in Boston Airport years ago. Preach, I was preaching in Rhode Island, and I had to drive an hour to the Boston Airport, but the driver was slow, the traffic was bad, and I was running late for my plane, which meant I was going to miss my next plane, which meant I wouldn't get back to Australia in time for church on a Sunday. So I was worried, and... I got, th- I got through security. Unfortunately, there was a little delay on the plane. So I'm running to the plane. And I didn't realise that my camera bag was sitting in my bag and it fell out. Now, I'm not trying to make light of anything, but at the same time, about a week earlier, there was those Boston Marathon bombings. And so the city was on high alert. I ran through the airport. My bag fell out. I didn't realise. So I get on the plane just nice and chilled. And the next minute, TSA and police come in on, onto the plane and they pulled me off the plane. I said, we need to talk to you. I said, what? He goes, what's in that package? I'm like, oh, that's my camera. So I walk over there and I don't real, realise the ramifications of what's now taking place. I'm just thinking these police are super polite. They're, they're getting my stuff. I go to touch the camera. Back off, they said. It's my camera. Uh, I'm really sorry it fell out of my bag. I was running. Well, they, I don't even like to use the words because they get on the internet and you know what they thought it might be. And, and so they're making me back off. They said, go very slowly. How can I know? I said, it's a white camera. Okay, move slowly to the parcel. I moved slowly. They said, open it up. I said, I can show you the photo. And it's, so I'm showing the photos. And then I said, look, I'm an Aussie. I love your country. Please don't hold this against me. I, it was an accident. And they warmed up. But they, they, were, they, were, they were basically accusing me of leaving a package in the airport. I remember... I'm running through the airport. If I was walking, that wouldn't have happened. But I was in a hurry. So much happens. You forget things when you're in a hurry. You, you make dumb decisions when you're in a hurry. And I just feel like God's saying to us, here's a weapon. Rest. 
I don't have time to, uh, there, there is more depth to this message, but I just want to get you out for, for lunch. Num- number seven, maybe if you could come, Brother Dean. Number seven, another weapon we have is our praise and worship. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they're in jail, and what happened at midnight, they're singing and praising God. Earthquake hits that prison. Their chains fell off, but so did every chain of every other prisoner. My praise sets me free, but it brings freedom to other people. This morning I walked in, praise and worship's happening. What happened? Freedom comes to people. You walk in with the cares of the world, you start to shout Jesus from the mountain. Changes come off. You could feel the freedom of God filling the atmosphere. But when I lift my hands and praise God, the Bible says he, Psalm 144, blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Psalm 18, 34, he teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. When I praise God, I lift my hands. It's a weapon. My worship's a weapon. When I lift my hands, he trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. When I lift my hands in worship, I'm doing battle. I'm taking dominion. Jesus for my family, Jesus for this church, Jesus for Mount Barker, Jesus for Adelaide. Lord, touch our city for the glory of God. And that's the power of praise and worship. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual weapon that we have. I don't just worship God to fight in the heavenlies, by the way. I worship God because He's good and I love Him. But it's a byproduct. And finally, how do we? It's a weapon we have. We have the power to resist the devil. Bible says in James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil, he'll flee. How do we resist the devil? We resist him by submitting ourselves to him. One of the weapons we have is submission to God. Just us living by his word, we're living in victory because we're living by the word of God. I, I just really do believe today that God wants to just restoring you that sense. By the way, there's probably a hundred more weapons. It's the ones that I could figure out in my sermon prep time. There's more, but they're the, they're the eight that I felt the Lord give me this morning. I wonder if we could stand this morning right across the house and just take a minute. Just lift our hands to Jesus. We just lift our hands to the Lord. When we go back into worship, could we go into... Uh, Shout Jesus from the mountain, Jesus in his name. Why don't we just lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your anointing. Lord, I thank you for the power of God in this house. Lord, let the rain of heaven just come. Let the fire of God fill this place. In the name of Jesus, we're so hungry. We bless you, oh God. We worship you. Jesus, we worship your name.